What we see here is a clear violation of one, the rights to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, good morning. Thank you for joining us for this final edition of this week of African Dialogue. You're listening to us right here on Channel Africa, where you get the African perspective. You're with me once again, Benjamin Mushatama, for this hour. Today, we're coming back to Zimbabwe after the elections, just to look at the post-election environment in Zimbabwe, especially as uh, the opposition parties claim that there were irregularities during the counting of votes. Yesterday, Zimbabwe's constitutional court heard opposition parties challenge the results of the recent presidential elections in the country, which saw the victory of ZANU-PF's Emerson Nangagwa. The country's capital city, Harare, was heavily securitized with police barricading the streets. After arguments from the opposition claiming gross mathematical errors in the counting of ballots, the Chief Justice of the Court announced that the ruling would be made public tomorrow at uh, 1400 hours Central African time. Last month, the Zimbabwe Electoral Commission declared Nangagwa narrowly won from uh, uh, the won the elections rather with 50.8% of the vote, avoiding a runoff. It said Chamisa received only 44.3%. Well, to assist us on this particular topic, we joined on the line by Professor Kialeboha Mapunye, who is joining us from the Department of Political Sciences at the University of South Africa. Professor, thank you for giving us your time. We really appreciate it as Channel Africa. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for um, inviting me, Benjamin, and uh, good morning to your listeners. Well, uh, let's look at uh, the drama that we have been seeing post uh, the elections. Professor, I know that the opposition is now claiming the Electoral Commission bumped up Nangagwa's figures and uh, they're citing uh, double counts at certain polling stations and they also claiming a creation of uh, ghost polling stations. Uh, this is very worrying to hear this uh, accusation from the opposition, but also what we know that was very unclear from the opposition yesterday was the source of uh, this information. Yes, um, look, Zimbabwe's um, um, 2018 uh, July 30 election has obviously you know, resulted in a dispute, which is the worst case scenario for uh, people who are in election management. Normally, the best case scenario is to have an election have uh, you know the outcome declared, and that uh, you know the winners accept that they have lost. I mean, they have won, and that uh, the losers uh, you know also accept, and and then you move on. But now in this case, uh, we are back to the courts, and uh, you know as you rightly mentioned, the the, uh, the court set yesterday, and we are now expecting a verdict tomorrow apparently. But uh, the issue of the double count is obviously you know something that has come out uh, in 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 the uh, you know apparently in the court papers of the opposition, as well as uh, these uh, alleged ghost polling stations. Uh, just to recap, uh, you know when the election was held, you know because of the three phases of the election, the pre 
election phase, the election day, you know, scenario, as well as the post-election phase. The first two, in my view, went, uh, you know, um, very well. Uh, in a sense that, uh, you know, the violence that we had, uh, we had been accustomed to in terms of Zimbabwe's elections was not really, you know, seen. However, uh, this changed, you know, in the post-election when, uh, you know, we uh, ended up with uh, six mm. deaths and about, uh, you know, uh, more than 18 or 20 people arrested and um, uh, the situation has, you know, deteriorated since then. Let me bring in uh, Derek uh, Metishek, who's uh, joining us on the line. He's an analyst and researcher at the Institute of Security Studies. He's joining us from Harare, Zimbabwe. Uh, Derek, what are your thoughts on uh, this post-election environment that we're seeing, especially some of the claims that we've seen from the opposition? Well, the, the election was certainly not conducted in a fair environment. The playing field was heavily... Uh, tilted against the MDC alliance and uh, the ruling parties, Arne Pierce and Emerson Munangagwa, certainly uh, abused state resources uh, to the enormously to their advantage. There's, there's not really uh, any way you can say that the election was conducted fairly. The, the media bias, the control over the rural population uh, through the abuse of state resources, etc., prevents one from making that assessment. But certainly the elections were conducted without uh, much of the violence that we are used to in in previous elections. Uh, There was more uh, ability or freedom to campaign by the opposition parties, etc. But ultimately that power of incumbency and that uh, ability to command the rule of vote led to a victory by by Zanapief and Emerson Munangagwa. And uh, what were your thoughts on yesterday's arguments that were made by the opposition, especially the claims around uh, the um, ghost polling stations and those double counts that they were citing? Well, the big problem that uh, the MDC Alliance has and the the problem that MDC Alliance has uh, vis-a-vis its supporters is that from a very early point in time, in fact, right from the 31st of July, the alliance officials were saying that they had the polling station return, the, the documents that are completed when the counting is done at the polling station. They said they had the polling station returned, which proved that Chamisa had won the elections resoundingly. And they then later claimed that... Uh, the Electoral Commission had changed the numbers, that the numbers on the official uh, Electoral Commission's results did not match the numbers on those polling station returns. So that was the promise made uh, by NBC Alliance and Chamisa. It was a promise made to their supporters that they would go to court and they would show these returns to not match the results produced by the Zimbabwe Electoral Commission. That never happened. And there's not really any clear explanation as to why that did not happen. So many people are thinking that uh, the NDC Alliance and Chamisa have misled the public, that have misled their supporters, that they never, ever had this evidence showing that the polling station returns did not match the Electoral Commission's results. And how does that complicate things? Because that factuality of the opposition is something that has actually been brought forward in the court yesterday. But also, we've also heard the um, 
commission also attributing some of the errors saying that uh, they did take place, especially when uh, we heard Tabani Mbofu, who is representing the opposition, saying that the Electoral Commission had produced three sets of presidential results, including one in court papers where the commission revives Namgagwas uh, went down to 50.67%. The commission attributed that to an error, but argued it was not significant enough to invalidate the win. How problematic is this admission from the commission as well? Well, it it, it is problematic in the sense that, um, you know, particularly in the presidential election where, uh, the candidate requires an absolute majority. So by an absolute majority, we need 50% of the votes plus one more vote. Um, and that means that an election can be decided by that single vote. So it's incumbent upon the Electoral Commission to do their results tabulation and management very, very carefully. And in fact, we've seen the opposite, that the spreadsheet of results produced by the Electoral Commission is riddled with errors. And that is simply unacceptable. This has to be dealt with absolutely meticulously. Certainly when you're dealing with uh, 4.7 million voters, uh, one or two errors are going to uh, crop up. But the electoral management body had a double accounting system which should have allowed them to identify identified before the results were announced. To start changing uh, results now is, is simply unacceptable. However, having said that, it's clear that these uh, discrepancies in the numbers are errors. They, they do not appear to be fraud. It does not appear to be a deliberate uh, bumping up of the numbers for, for Monongagwa. They do appear to be errors, the kind of errors that we all make uh, when using these sort of spreadsheets. Um, but as I say, election management bodies shouldn't be making these errors. Furthermore, the errors do not appear to be of sufficient magnitude to to take Monongagwa's vote down below that 51, uh, 50% vote threshold. With that said, coming back to you, Professor Mapunye, clearly we are seeing the credibility of uh, the Zimbabwe Electoral Commission actually bring brought forward again here because historically there's been a lot of questions around uh, uh, the way uh, ZEC does its business. And here again in this court, we're seeing that uh, uh, the commission is once again being questioned in terms of how transparent its methods are and how credible they are. Absolutely. You know, um, any election management body across the continent uh, which you know does not seek um, you know completely to um, ensure that it is transparent, that uh, it is independent of the state or the governing party, as it were, the governing you know um, um, uh, machinery, as well as uh, you know um, an, an EMD or election management body that uh, does not uh, you know attempt as much as possible to show that it is autonomous will always have, uh, you know, um, a very, very difficult, you know, rock to climb whenever, you know, it declares elections and whenever it, uh, you know, uh, goes about uh, its operation. And such is the situation in which I think uh, Zach finds itself because over the years, mm. uh, it, is, it is one of those, uh, you know, EMBs or election management bodies uh, in the Southern region and maybe across the continent, which have struggled, you know, to uh, with, with this issue of, you know, um, being seen as being independent as well as being, uh, you know, autonomous.
And once that happens, uh, the credibility, you know, of the EMB or the institution, you know, goes down. Not only in front of, uh, before the uh, stakeholders, the political parties, the civil society organizations, traditional leaders, and so on and so on, uh, but also in terms of the outside world, you know, those people who are observers, uh, either coming in or, 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 or students of elections and politics such as, such as the likes of us. So uh, yeah, there are trust issues, definitely. Um, I thought that uh, in this election, Zach, you know, had done much, you know, to try and salvage, you know, um, uh, um, it's, 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 uh, you know dwindling in the credibility uh, following the 2013 election. But uh, it looks like we it hasn't done much, really, if you look at uh, um, some of the accusations as well as the allegations that have been, you know, um, uh, made mostly by the opposition. Of course, we should be aware that uh, the uh, incumbent political party, the PF, you know, overall, when I listened to, uh, you know, most of their comments, they were generally, you know, seemingly happy with, uh, you know, the state of affairs and the way it operates. But uh, yeah, it's quite worrisome that uh, if, uh, you know, the, um, the institution is seen to be um, uh, one, one-sided or, uh, you know, not, uh, you know, uh, impartial, then that creates a, you know, a big problem. Well, that's the voice there of Professor Kalebo Hamaponye, who is joining us uh, from uh, Pretoria. He is uh, from the Department of Political Sciences at the University of South Africa. On the line, joining us from Harare, Zimbabwe, uh, is Derek uh, Matishek, who is uh, an analyst and researcher at the Institute for Security Studies. Uh, we're looking at the post-election environment, trying to really look at uh, what's happening after the elections that took place last month, which saw the the victory of the current president of Zimbabwe, Emerson Mnangagwa. We're going to continue looking at this court case yesterday and also look at the post-election environment, specifically after we saw um, Zimbabwean opposition leader Tendai Beatty being arrested at the Zimbabwean border just a, a few weeks after the election. That was also something that was very contentious in the public eye because people were asking around issues of his personal safety and why he was leaving the country uh, for Zambia. It's 21 minutes past 11 o'clock Central African time. Let's take a quick breather. We'll be back. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunyenzovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We love Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatama, right here on Channel Africa. Remember, we are on DSTV in South Africa and some of the neighboring countries in the SADC region. You can get us on uh, the Channel 802 on the audio bouquet there. And uh, you can also listen to us uh, on uh, shortwave service. That's our main service into sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, We are on uh, the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. And don't forget, you can also stream us live. We do have 
a Pan-African family who listen to us outside of the continent. So thank you for streaming us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. We're looking back at uh, the elections in Zimbabwe, but not only looking back, also looking at the current, because a lot is developing around the elections in Zimbabwe, especially with uh, uh, the opposition uh, coming out and claiming that there were irregularities when it comes uh, to the counting of uh, the votes. We still have uh, Professor uh, Kialeboha Maponya on the line uh, joining us uh, from UNISA. Uh, Professor, let's uh, look at uh, just some of the arguments that were made yesterday in this particular uh, case. Uh, uh, The Chief Justice Luke Malaba, who was uh, actually representing um, uh, the Commission itself uh, pressed the opposition for the original election results forms um, uh, to back up their allegations, and and it seems with the opposition and with the the likes of Chamisa the. The, the question around some of the allegations is the factuality of it and also where the information is coming from. And I think the court yesterday struggled getting that information. Absolutely. Um, we will obviously be, you know, um, watching this uh, um, court uh, situation unf- mm. uh, as it unfolds. Mm. But uh, the onus obviously is on the MDC Alliance as well as um, the other people that are challenging the outcome of these results to show, you know, sufficient proof and evidence of uh, any irregularities that they they, they spoke about. Unfortunately, as my colleague spoke earlier, um, you know, the opposition also seems to be to have been flouting the electoral, you know, law. Normally, in in terms of uh, the electoral law, you do not uh, declare, as a candidate, you do not declare that you have won an election until the um, authority that is responsible for declaring such elections, which is the election management body of the country, uh, ZEC or the Zimbabwe election, Commission in this regard has, you know, come out to declare. So when Chamisa made that statement, some of us who are in the area were quite, uh, you know, very worried that, uh, you know, um, that such a declaration could obviously be a recipe for violence or for some other, you know, um, uh, unwarranted, uh, you know, outcome. So to that extent, they have to prove, uh, you know, provide evidence. Uh, that, um, you know, there have been irregularities, there have been, uh, you know, these alleged uh, ghost polling stations. Incidentally, I've looked at, uh, you know, all the reports of uh, the observers that were in Harare, you know, on the election day, and uh, this issue of the ghost polling stations didn't really come up uh, in in those reports. However, the issues of, uh, you know, irregularities in terms of counting in some of the polling stations, and also this one of um, uh, the, uh, some polling stations not posting the V11 forms. These are the forms that normally indicate that, uh, you know, there has, the, the election has been um, uh, done in that police station and the uh, winners have obviously been outlined in that, uh, you know, form uh, which has been signed by all the, pol- the political party agents that were in that police station. And then that form has to be pasted outside the police station in terms of, uh, you know, the, 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 the norm as well as the law. But in some police stations that was not, uh, that was not the case. And of course, this is why the MDC had been also challenging 
testing, the lack of testing of those V11 forms you know, outside some polling stations. However, having mm. said that, that doesn't necessarily mean that the, the, if the, those uh, you know, uh, results are not tested outside the polling stations, therefore those results are not uh, related to the center, uh, which is where Zek was in the center of Harare. And, and some of us were actually wanted to see how those uh, you know, elections were, uh, results were, were relayed from the polling station to uh, the uh, you know, main counting center in Harare. Let me bring Derek back. I think we have him back on the line. And uh, from your perspective, especially, we've been looking at some of the errors that have been made by the opposition, especially Professor Maponya, also seconding some of uh, the views that you brought forward, Derek, stating the fact that uh, when we saw Chamisa uh, declaring victory, it was not very much... uh, a legal act for him to do, especially uh, before um, Zek uh, was com- completed uh, the vote counting in itself. But Zanu PF hasn't been innocent in itself, especially after we saw those um, riots taking place uh, in Harare and how we saw um, the army coming out and we saw an abuse of some of the protesters on uh, that particular day. It was very um, chaotic in Harare. But also days later after that, we saw um, Zimbabwean opposition leader Tendai Beatty being arrested at the uh, Zambian board. And there were also questions around the treatment of uh, uh, Tendai Beatty uh, by the now ruling uh, ZANU-PF party. I think uh, we've lost uh, Derek there. We'll try to see if we can get back that line. It is a Harare line, so uh, sometimes uh, it is uh, difficult getting through that particular line, but we'll actually deal with that question. And uh, uh, after uh, we, 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 we deal with this with Professor Mapunya, what are your thoughts uh, specifically, Professor, around um, um, Tendai Beatty's arrest? We know there were a lot of contestuous questions around that particular issue. Let me pose it to you before we get Derek back. Yes, before you, you get him back, um, I actually uh, uh, wanted to also say that uh, you, are, you, are, you are correct. Um, the idea of looking at the outcome of an election requires that we should be impartial, we should not fight with any of the parties, we should actually look at this thing with integrity and uh, in terms of uh, what is uh, international election management best practice. And my view is that you are right. Even the ZANU-PF itself is, uh, you know, not to be, you know, um, exonerated in terms of uh, its activities. There were, in those reports of the observers that I alluded to earlier, you know, allegations that, uh, you know, about six to nine months before an election, the party was seen campaigning in the rural areas. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, um, uh, moving about, uh, handing out some, uh, you know, uh, fertilizer, some seeds and so on. One politician that uh, we spoke to recently, actually, um, has uh, complained that we are not being fair because uh, government, uh, you know, work cannot stop if the government is, is in, in its right to continue giving out fertilizer and seeds in its agricultural program. Why should it stop, uh, you, know, um, you know, when there is an election? But my answer to that was that uh, during an election, especially in the run-up to an election, we have to be aware that, uh, you know, there's no nepotism, there's no favoritism, there are no food parcels or any stuff that is handed out to, uh, you know, um, uh, by the incumbent. 
And to that extent, that was worrisome. The issue all that, all that you mentioned of tender diabetes was also very worrisome to me because, um, you know, the, the fact that, uh, you know, you have somebody who has actually uh, tried to uh, abscond, to run away from the country because, uh, you know, what, uh, what he feared in terms of uh, fearing for his life. And unfortunately, when he landed there in Zambia, you know, according to, you know, uh, media reports, he was sent back. And uh, I understand that the UNHCR, the United Nations High Commission for Refugees, has since uh, issued a statement about this because, uh, you know, I, I challenge the fact that once mm. uh, somebody, you know, mm. runs to a foreign country sure. and then, uh, you know, uh, does not, uh, in a sense, back, uh, that person's life uh, could be in danger. Mm. I think we have Derek uh, back, and I am told that we only have him for a limited time. So let me just quickly wrap it up with you, Derek. Um, I was asking you the question around uh, ZANU-PF itself, because we have been questioning the opposition's conduct, uh, especially even during the the vote counting. But with Professor Mapunya, we've been exploring now ZANU-PF's behavior during the elections. I remember uh, when uh, we saw the vote counting and there were... uh, big protests happening in Harare. There was a big question around uh, the army coming out and how they treated those protesters and how those um, um, arrests took place. But also... um ZANU-PF was also criticized around uh, Tendai Beatty's arrest at that Zimbabwean, uh, rather at that Zambian border. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, the, the events of, of August the 1st, of, of course, are completely unconscionable and uh, completely inexcusable. No, no amount of provocation uh, on the part of the alliance can justify what happened on the 1st of August. Mm. People are being uh, very circumspect, circumspect in describing these events of the 1st of August. But in terms of Zimbabwean law, the unlawful uh, killing of a human being constitutes murder. So people need to be clear that what happened on August the 1st is that the military murdered six civilians on the streets of Harare who were uh, protesting against the election results. So I think that needs to be borne in mind very clearly uh, on the the part of of people analyzing this situation. Also the question about the announcement of the result of the election, this is is very controversial. Um, There is a law which says that no person is allowed to officially announce the results of the elections before the Electoral Commission does so. But surely in a, in a, in a democracy, um, the media should be able to say, we've got the results that have come in from this counting center, and this is what they are, and at the moment this party is leading or that uh, party is leading. That, to me, would be a normal way in which the electoral process unfolds. Instead, the Electoral Commission keeps a tight grip on these results and doesn't want anybody to reveal the results as they come out and wants to retain a monopoly on this. And the problem with that is that ZEC has a history of withholding election results. In other words, that they seem to withhold the election results until they are certain that the outcome favors a particular political party. So there shouldn't be this restriction on the uh, disclosure of election results as they are known. And I think it's very unsatisfactory that the Electoral Commission should try and keep this blanket of secrecy, as it were, over the electoral results. They should be published as soon as they are known.
And on the Tendai BT, I don't want to conflate issues, uh, um, Derek, before I let you go, but what did you think of his arrest and that particular situation? Because to some people, it spoke of the hostilities uh, uh, that were in, reminiscent of um, um, Robert Mugabe's uh, era. Yes, but well, the, the problem we had there is that it looks like the rule of law was completely flouted by both the Zimbabwean authorities and the Zambian authorities. And Monangagwa, of course, has been trying to present his new dispensation as one that will abide by the constitution, abide by the rule of law, etc. And we see the, the Zambian authorities simply saying, well, we dismissed his asylum application uh, without any particular hear, hearing or anything and then unlawfully hand him back to the, the Zimbabwean police, this is, this is unacceptable behavior and I think violates several international treaties. Well, Derek, thank you for giving us your time. I know that you have a me- meeting to run to. I'm going to stay with you, Professor Maponye. Stay with me just for five more minutes. I want to look at the dynamic as well that was discussed in South Africa about the two South African lawyers, Dalim Bofu and Tebeka Ngugai Tobi, who were actually uh, also representing the opposition. So we'll deal with that story that uh, seemed to actually sidetrack the main issues of this court case. But it was interesting to see the dynamics of those two South African lawyers actually uh, becoming part of uh, the uh, opposition uh, uh, defense team. But uh, we'll uh, take a quick break and then we'll wrap it up with you, Professor, after this. Remembering Mama Albertina Sisulu. We will say whatever we are expected to say by the people. And we are aligning ourselves with the struggle for the people. We are aligning ourselves with the struggle for the liberation of the oppressed people of this country. Hashtag Mama Sisulu Centenary. Channel Africa, leading the Women's Month conversations. Swiss chocolate wouldn't be Swiss chocolate without African cocoa. (laughs) You know, it's funny when you think about it that way because you realize just how important Africa is to the global economy. And as long as we are deemed to be inferior by the community out there, nothing's ever going to change. I believe it's one of the uh, ancient Greek philosophers who said that when we teach, we'll learn twice. Hello, Africa. Welcome to 1,000 African Voices on Channel Africa. 1,000 African Voices every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. with repeats on Sundays between 10 and 11 as well as on Monday morning between 3 and 4 Central African Time. 1,000 African Voices with me, Awurengwi C on Channel Africa. The voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective. Well, we're just about to wrap up our conversation with our experts on the line looking at the post-election environment in Zimbabwe. And uh, what was also interesting were the latest developments um, uh, with you, Prof, uh, in terms of the South African lawyers, Dalim Bofu and Tebaga Mukaitobi, who were actually were two days ago seen actually entering the country. They were going to be part of uh, the uh, Nelson Chamisa legal team. Uh, You know, there was a lot of talks whether they will be allowed in the country or not and why they should be actually uh, 
playing a presence in the politics of Zimbabwe. What stood out for you, Professor, in that regard? Because that actually stood out for many uh, people, especially in the media spectrum in South Africa and Zimbabwe. In terms of the participation of the two um, legal figures, legal gurus, one should say, be said, uh, <laughs> in the case of South Africa. Sure. And is that, um, you know, they, 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 they are obviously, you know, learning from what is happening in terms of uh, democratic practices across the SADC region. Uh, sure. We have an organization called, uh, you know, um, uh, SADC Law- uh, Lawyers Association, uh, which, um, you know, normally deals with issues around the SADC, uh, you know, region. And uh, similarly, we, uh, the politicians have got uh, recently when they were at uh, in Namibia uh, for 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 the SADC, uh, you know, summit, 38 summit, uh, have resolved that uh, the uh, the parliamentarians in the region have got to also keep networking and, if possible, you know, come up with a parliament for the for the South region. And similarly, the story goes uh, for the rest of the other you know groupings, civil society, and so on. It is networking. So I wasn't uh, quite surprised. Of course, I would uh, you know I was quite interested to find out as to mm. what angle they're going to be adopting in terms of uh, representing the MDC alliance in this case, especially in Italian pop, obviously who's associated with their, our own you know, opposition EFF here in this country. Mm. And do you see any contradictions in, in that regard as we wrap it up in terms of uh, uh, their personal uh, uh, political um, um, you know, contribution in this regard, because some people could see contradictions in that regard, that they actually could be having their own bias, why they would take on such a case. I don't, I didn't really see any contradictions in the sense that, uh, you know, they are, you know, lawyers by profession. And, uh, you know, uh, in terms of the, the, um, the, the career, you know, needs of that profession, uh, one cannot, uh, you know, make any parameters or set up any parameters to say you cannot, you know, go in venture sure. into this area, you can venture into the other one. In other words, they have, uh, you know, um, freedom of movement in terms of they, they, are, they, are, they are, you know, advancing their own career interests whether it is in the country or even in, in international. In fact, some people are, are, might be crying foul that it is Zimbabwe. But uh, if it was, for instance, in the United Kingdom or Norway or in Europe or somewhere in the, in, in the U.S., uh, some people will be saying, actually, their you know, profiles are enhanced. It's just that Zimbabwe tends to be a controversial you know, uh, situation, especially when it comes to election outcomes mm-hmm. that are disputed of this nature. But for me, I, I didn't really see, you know, see any contradiction in terms of their participation. Of course, uh, they could be biased, yes, uh, you know, uh, because uh, um, um, especially uh, Advocate uh, Dalim Pope, he belongs to the opposition you know, um, uh, uh, sector here in South Africa. So one could say, yes, they are going to go, you know, be biased in favor of uh, you know, their, um, you know, uh, their clients. Mm-hmm. But uh, who can actually claim that, uh, you know, no lawyer is biased in, fa- in favor of their mm-hmm. own, uh, you know, clients? Mm-hmm. I suppose that, you know, they could argue that, uh, you know, we go there to defend our clients right or wrong. And this is the spirit in which, uh, you know, lawyers, lawyers normally enter into such, you know, cases. But for me, I, I, I thought that uh, they would obviously, you know, be showcasing their skills, of course, in a foreign country, but uh, also in terms of a very highly emotion-charged and, uh, you know, controversial case such as this one of the MDC Alliance. Well, thank you so much, Professor. We always value you giving us your time here on African Dialogue uh, or Channel Africa. Uh, that's Professor Kialebo Khamaponye. Uh, thank you for uh, giving us your time and participating on this forum. Thank you.
That is uh, uh, the professor from the Department of Political Sciences at the University of South Africa. Earlier on, he was uh, speaking alongside Derek Metisheko, who is an analyst and researcher at the Institute of Security Studies. And he was speaking to us from Harare, Zimbabwe. I have to note that they were both uh, speaking independently uh, on this particular uh, show. But hey, let's uh, have some music from Zimbabwe itself. I'm sure uh, this will be an issue that will be looking at especially because the announcement of uh, uh, the ruling will take place uh, tomorrow at 1400 hours Central African time and I'm sure you'll get that update right here on uh, Channel Africa Uh, well let's get some music as I mentioned this is Thomas Mafuno and this one is titled Dangu Rangua